Just got to wait for my cameras. <laughs> we good? All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us here today. We are here to talk about voting rights, voter suppression, and the wrong-headed decision made by the Wisconsin Supreme Court last week to change course in the middle of an election and lock the state's secure ballot drop boxes just like this one right here in front of Fire Station 3 here in Madison. The Supreme Court's decision to allow for ballot drop boxes in today's February primary, but disallow them for the April general election without any evidence of wrongdoing or any explanation of their reasoning, is sure to generate confusion and frustration on the behalf of voters. Drop boxes are a convenient and safe way of making sure your ballot is counted. They are used in hundreds of communities across Wisconsin and all across the country without incident. But now the Wisconsin legislature and the courts are considering locking them up or ripping them out of the ground. This is partisan politics run amok. No one thought that drop boxes were a threat to democracy until five cities, Madison, Milwaukee, Green Bay, Kenosha, and Racine, had them installed to keep voters safe and to make it easier to vote during the pandemic. This attack on voting rights was launched by a right-wing legal group called the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty that is unhappy that we are expanding the franchise to more and more voters. It comes on the heels of open records requests, subpoenas, a barely credible investigation, and attacks in the media, all focused on sowing confusion about the electoral process, casting doubt on the results of the November 2020 election, and promoting the big lie. Let's be clear. This is a coordinated attack on our democracy and a clear attempt to keep some people from voting. These five cities that have been targeted represent 74% of all African-American voters, 44% of all Latinx voters, and 47% of all voters of color in the state of Wisconsin. We must call this lawsuit, the Voss-Gableman investigation, and the other attacks what they are, racist voter suppression. Here in Madison, we will not let these attacks stop us from doing everything we can to make it safe, secure, and easy to vote in April and in every election to come. Now, it is my pleasure to introduce Christine Newman-Ortiz, the Executive Director of Voces de la Frontera. Christine represents the only grassroots in the state who was subpoenaed and is under investigation by Attorney Gableman. Christine? On this election day, it's a real honor to be here today to really stand up for voting rights and to make sure that every vote counts. We cannot claim to be a democracy if the basic right to vote is not afforded uh, to each and every one of us. The decision by the state Supreme Court conservative majority to block the use of ballot boxes in the April election is part of a racist strategy 
to make voting harder for the elderly, the sick, the disabled, and in particular, African-American and Latino voters who are disproportionately low-income workers, often working two to three jobs, juggling demands of family uh, and groceries, all of your basic needs, just to make ends meet. Um, because of these irregular hours, uh, ballot boxes are a useful and convenient way to vote. And we know that during the pandemic, this was not just uh, convenient, uh, this is uh, something that is actually saving lives. Uh, in my own case last year, our own family used uh, ballot boxes because my dad who passed last year was battling cancer and both my parents um, had, and my mom still does, have health conditions that put them at a higher risk of sickness and death during this pandemic. Um, this is critical. This is not just about voting. It, it is also about saving lives in a pandemic. But the right to vote is a fundamental right, regardless of the pandemic. And it's something that we are seeing being um, basically a war on voting is what is happening. And we recognize as Voces de la Frontera that we need to be part of a modern movement to protect voting rights, especially at a time where we see the aggressive growth of the far right, uh, a white supremacist far right that is attacking our basic rights. We already lived in one of the most gerrymandered states in the nation. We already have voter ID laws that have limited the documents that make it harder for low-income voters to participate in elections. And the most recent sham review led by Voss at a great taxpayer expense um, that uh, targeted voces. We are the only statewide organization to run a Latino um, get out the vote effort. Uh, we've done that well, uh, helping tens of thousands, many new and infrequent voters participate in the elections. And it is why we have been a target. We are not, uh, even in the, even in this sham review, uh, there's even no justification for targeting us because we are not a government body. We're not elected officials. We don't administrate elections. But it is yet another example of the racist nature of this attack on voting rights uh, in focusing on a nonprofit organization and not just wanting information about 2020 elections, but future elections. And that is all very, very telling. Uh, what is our response? Uh, we must continue to come out and condemn what we see as blatant attacks on, on, our, on our rights as voters. Uh, we must be actively involved in ensuring that we fight for voting rights as a modern-day movement. And we must continue to support people to participate in this election and use whatever le legal means possible to challenge these efforts to attack our rights. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Next, I would like to introduce Denise Jess, who's the Executive Director at the Wisconsin Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you so much, Mayor, for inviting the voices of people with disabilities to be present today. For those of us with disabilities, and we are the one of the largest marginalized populations, not only in this city, across the state, and across this nation, we're also a group that anyone can join depending on an accident or illness. So both temporarily or permanently, and of course disability spans across race. So we are a large voice 
and often an ignored voice. So I very much appreciate this opportunity today. When you are a person with disability, um, I live with vision impairment, have been uh, legally blind since birth. Casting a ballot is a sacred and important right and one that is laden with barriers. Even without some of the uh, uh, pieces of legislation that we've seen before the State Assembly this year, Voting is very difficult. So when we choose to vote in person at our polls, where we often experience transportation barriers in getting to those polls. We experience uh, accessibility issues once we're in the polling place with equipment failures or not having the proper assistance to cast a ballot or not having access to curbside voting. Voting absentee is riddled with accessibility issues. The state of Wisconsin does not have an accessible absentee ballot, so I cannot fill out my ballot privately or independently. I have to have assistance. So things like drop boxes and the ability to hand my ballot to someone that I trust to deliver to the clerk's office on my behalf or my polling place on my behalf are two really important things that help decrease some of those barriers and allow qualified voters to cast their ballots if they're people with disabilities. I use this very Dropbox, this is my neighborhood, so I used this very Dropbox during the pandemic, and as I inserted my ballot, I had no sense of fear that anything was gonna to happen to my ballot. I just had a great sense of relief and a great sense of pride in our city for making this option possible for me so that I didn't have to walk into my polling place and risk COVID. For folks who cannot drive, getting to the polls is difficult. So we often will need um, someone to deliver our ballot for us if we vote absentee. So I need to make arrangements for someone I trust to help me fill out the ballot, then uh, certify the ballot as a witness, and then potentially hand it to them to deliver to the clerk or to my polling place. And with the provision now in place, that would be illegal for me to do. I could not hand my ballot to my wife. I could not hand my ballot to my neighbor. I could not hand my ballot to one of my adult daughters and ask them to deliver it on my behalf. I would have to find another way to get that ballot in. And I know as we're talking about drop boxes, I really wanna highlight that issue of the inaccessibility of giving the ballot to a trusted person to deliver on my behalf. So my hope is that the Supreme Court will reconsider their um, April 5th decision and um, side with the idea of allowing the drop boxes and allowing uh, ballot delivery so that every Wisconsin voter, no matter the disability status, has the right to cast their ballots in every election. Thank you so much. Thank you, Denise, for highlighting those incredibly important issues. Finally, I would like to introduce the Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen, Allen Sr., who's the pastor of Mount Zion Baptist Church. Reverend. Thank you, Mayor, for this opportunity to be here to speak on this important issue. March 2020 um, changed our lives forever. COVID-19 became the global, global pandemic, bringing a halt to everything and this dangerous virus, which is still present, was killing people at record numbers. Leaders of organizations, businesses, governments, and even churches 
had discovered ways to allow people to gather safely. A major process was determining how to create efficient, effective, secure processes for all eligible individuals who can vote and exercise their right in the 2020 election. There were various ways that were offered to us to vote in person, early voting, mail-in, absentee ballot, or take it to the county's clerk, or to use your drop box. And due to this deadly virus and our country county offering other avenues, making voting easier, the 2020 presidential election had the highest voter turnout of the 21st century with 66.8 of U.S. citizens 18 years or and older voting in the election estimated according to the new voting and registration tables released by the U.S. Census Bureau. And despite COVID-19 concerns, 155 million people voted in the 2020 election. Minnesota had the highest turnout of any state last year at 79.4% of their voters, while Colorado, Maine, and our very own state, Wisconsin, followed close behind at 75.5% according to Pew Research. This is something we should be proud of. This is a process that we should celebrate and use these methods to continue to make voting easy for all voters. However, many are trying to discover ways to disrupt this process, make it harder for all to be able to vote and suppress the voice of the people. Dr. Martin Luther King is quoted saying, the denial of this sacred right is a tragic betrayal of the highest mandates of our democratic tradition. Removing these drop boxes will add to the continued attempt of suppressing the voice of the citizens in this state. And I will ask the courts to allow these drop boxes to remain because they have attributed to the increase of more voters voting in our state. Thank you. Thank you. I want to also acknowledge Alder Brian Benford, who's here with us. Thank you for joining us, Alder. Um, and I want to say that this is a nationwide trend, that we are not just seeing these efforts here in Wisconsin, but we are seeing them across the country. And I call on Congress to pass voting rights legislation now to address these issues that really are nationwide issues and to help us at the local level fight back against the voter suppression that happens in our state government. I also want to call on our community. We've heard today uh, two stories about people who have used our drop boxes um, or used drop boxes around the state. I also voted by drop box uh, in a recent election. And I want to hear from our community. What's your Dropbox story? Have you used a Dropbox in the past? What was that experience like for you? Did you feel secure and safe in your voting? Please tell us your stories. Email them to mayor at cityofmadison.com so that we can lift up your voices and hopefully help to protect Dropboxes, secure, safe ballot Dropboxes as a continued tool here in Madison and in Wisconsin and throughout the country 
And so we can keep providing safe, secure, and easy ways to vote for everyone. Thank you all for joining us today, and any of the speakers would be glad to answer questions if you have them. Any questions? I have a question. Yeah. What will be happening to the drop boxes? Well, we are certainly not going to do anything before we hear the final ruling from the state Supreme Court. Uh, but the way I feel about it is you can pry these drop boxes out of my cold, dead hands. <laughs> Other questions? I don't have a specific number for November 2020, but it is hundreds, if not thousands, of ballots that came through our drop boxes citywide. I think certainly some of them. It's hard to know um, what what mechanisms people would have used otherwise, but I do know that we hear again and again that people did not feel safe going into their polling place during a global pandemic, and that having an option to return an absentee ballot in a safe and secure drop box was uh, very instrumental in encouraging people to vote um, and to make them feel safe in, in doing so. Any other questions? All right, thank you all very much for coming out and standing in the cold with us. We appreciate it.